Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. It's 22nd of July, 2021. It's sunny weather today in Warsaw and Kamilia Ronczyk is here with me. Uh, my name is Marysia Ciupka. In two days, Olympic Games in Tokyo are starting and the whole world's eyes uh, are on them. Meanwhile, we want to look into uh, Central Europeans' participation in the Olympic Games. Uh, as it happens with the Olympics, uh, their controversy, the controversies and scandals are abundant. And of course, we will set aside the major controversy of the Olympic Games even taking place in the first place. Um, some of the major scandals include Tokyo Games opening ceremony director uh, sacked over uh, the Holocaust jokes that he had made in 1998, um, or the show's composer that was forced to resign for admitting to bullying disabled children during his school days. Uh, but we ought to say that Central Europe, uh, in the context of Tokyo Olympic Games, is also recording some um, some minor scandals. Uh, one such scandal uh, includes the Polish Swimming Association that um, basically led to six Olympic swimmers being withdrawn from the Olympics. They went to Tokyo. Uh, thinking they would participate and they had to they had to come back to Poland because of the way the the Polish swimming association um, organized the the qualifying process uh, another controversy is related to the Czech doctor on the uh, on the Czech um, on the Czech team who's an anti-vaxxer and who um was one of the few people on the Czech uh, athlete team that was um, infected with coronavirus once he got to Tokyo. So this is uh, these are some of the some of the major um, talks of uh, of the Olympics and in, uh, in the regional media. But I wanted to ask Camille about um, some of the more interesting um, moments from the history of Central Europeans participating in the Olympic Games. So Camille, um, how about how about uh, you share some of these moments with us? Yeah, thanks, Marisha. Uh, yes, I got quite interested in the history of the Olympics, especially in Central Eastern Europe, as it does play a role uh, both um, culturally, politically, and uh, within our societies. Um, although none of the capitals uh, has ever hosted the Olympics, um, one country within uh, the Visegrad uh, countries uh, is highly successful in the Olympics, that being Hungary. Hungary actually has 176 gold medals and is uh, ranked eighth in the world uh, in the Olympics. It participated in the first Olympics, the only of the V4 countries to participate in the first Olympics in 1896 in Athens. And even there, it won two gold medals. Um, it, um, it didn't, uh, the only two times that Hungary did not participate in the Olympics was in, uh, of course, in 1984 with the, uh, uh, with the counter boycott uh, of uh, 
Soviets, um, uh, uh, the Soviet Union on the Los Angeles Olympics, but also in 1920, uh, in the 1920 Olympics in Antwerp because of its role in uh, the First World War. Um, although uh, Budapest at the time was uh, one of the favorites uh, to be chosen for the uh, Olympic city because of the First World War, it wasn't even invited uh, to uh, the Olympics. Um, but um, but uh, Hungary always uh, has a strong showing. Um, it is uh, best in fencing with uh, 37 gold medals. Uh, it's also very good at swimming with uh, 28 gold medals, two of, the, uh, two of those uh, within the first Olympics, and canoeing with 25 gold medals. And it's leading in the modern pentathlon with nine gold medals and water polo with... Uh, Many medals, uh, which um, uh, which is quite uh, interesting, because one of the times that uh, Hungary won in water polo in the Olympics was in 1956 uh, in Melbourne, which actually happened weeks after the Soviets intervened in uh, in the, um, the Hungarian uprising, uh, and the and uh, brutally crushed um, uh, the, um, the the resistance within Hungary. Um, and uh, in that uh, Olympics, the Soviet team faced down uh, in water polo with. Um, with Hungary and actually lost to Hungary and the sport and the game is actually famous and known as blood in the water as the blood in the water game. Um, that Olympics also led to a lot of uh, Hungarians de defecting um, within. So um, quite a symbol of uh, resistance uh, against the Soviets uh, as well. Another, int another interesting uh, country is uh, Poland with uh, also maybe not as uh, impressive as Hungary, but also with uh, 60, uh, 68 gold medals and it's ranked 19th in the world. Uh, the first Olympics that it participated in was in the 1920 Olympics in Paris. It did part part Polish athletes did participate in previous Olympics, but because there was no uh, Poland, um, they participated under different countries. Um, the best sports that uh, Poland is, uh, uh, has a strong showing for in is athletics with 25 gold medals and boxing uh, with eight gold medals. Uh, interesting uh, historical uh, occurrence uh, within the Polish uh, uh, history in the Olympics was in 1980 in the Moscow Olympics, uh, where, uh, which was boycotted by the U.S. for the invasion of uh, Afghanistan. Um, the pole vault champion, Władysław Kozakiewicz, um, after his pole jump, gave quite a rude symbol in, uh, in triumph. Uh, when at, uh, This uh, rude symbol was even after he, uh, gave, after he uh, beat a record uh, within pole jumping. Um, and when asked why he gave such a rude uh, gesture um, uh, to the crowd uh, at, the, uh, at the Moscow Olympics, uh, he responded uh, in an interview in 2018, that uh, the Russian crowd was whistling at uh, at any non-Russian contestants. Uh, they were whistling to distract us. You can only imagine the noise of 70,000 people in the Luzhniki uh, Stadium. Probably only 10,000 of them were tourists. It occurred to me that I'm the only person in the world who got whistled at for breaking the world record. So when I landed, I showed them this Polish shaft, the nicest one you can imagine. I expressed my anger at the whistling of the Soviet audience. Nobody whistles in athletics. Um, so as you see, um, it was because of the crowd, um, being quite uh, rude towards him and, uh, he just, uh, being quite rude, uh, towards the crowd, uh, in response. And the gesture later became uh, known as the Kozakiewicz's gesture, um, that also served as a symbol of the, um, of the, um, resistance, resistance against, the uh, Soviet domination. 
Yes, yes. Um, there's quite a famous picture of it, a few actually. So uh, I highly recommend uh, looking it up. When it comes to uh, Czechs and Slovaks, uh, their tradition of participating in um, in the Summer Olympics is longer than Polish, uh, for example. Uh, since the first time they participated in the Summer Olympics was in 1900. At that time, the Czech lands were still part of Austria-Hungary, but thanks to the existence of the Czech Olympic Committee, the Czechs were able to send a separate expedition to Paris Olympic Games uh, in that year. Um, when it comes to uh, the disciplines in which uh, Czechoslovakia over the years and then Czechs later after um, after Czechoslovakia uh, broke um, broke apart, um, the the disciplines that they were the strongest in was were gymnastics, uh, but also canoeing, tennis, and um, water slalom skiing. So that's a pretty interesting discipline. And of course, uh, Czechs have been successful uh, more so in the Winter Olympics and disciplines such as ski jumping or ice hockey. But, but that's a whole different story. Hi, I'm Kuba Kazula from New One Sport. Listen to Visegrad Insight podcast. I recommend it very much. Kuba Kazula, a journalist from New One Sports Radio, is here with me. And uh, Kuba has been following recent developments uh, when it comes to the Polish team on the, the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, and I wanted to ask him... Um, What's the gossip when it comes to Central Europe at the Olympics? What are the main issues and perhaps uh, some of the main stars that we should follow from uh, Poland, Hungary, Czechs, Czechia and Slovakia? Hi. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, as I would say that there is a lot of gossip when it comes to those countries uh, but especially when it comes about Poland it's, and it's not a good gossip so I think we, we will talk about that. So perhaps uh, you could tell us a little more about that scandal with the Polish swim team. Well yeah it's uh, it's not uh, it's something that should not happen at the, at the Olympics that is for sure but at the same time unfortunately uh, the Polish Swimming Association is the one that uh, everybody would expect to do such a thing. So uh, the thing is that they sent to Tokyo uh, more uh, swimmers than they could uh, because they sent uh, to the uh, to the FINA, which is an international swimming federation. They send the uh, application for invitations for some of their swimmers that didn't have the uh, minimum A, it's called minimum B. They could, but they they could start at the Olympics, but they should have been approved uh, by FINA. So they sent sent applications about that, and FINA didn't respond. And the Polish uh, association uh, thought that it means that they agreed to uh, everything they sent. So that was not very smart, honestly. Uh, 
No, and it's uh, turned out uh, that uh, everything uh, fell out when everybody was at, uh, everybody was in Tokyo already. So uh, six of our swimmers uh, came back home, being already in Tokyo, which is catastrophe for, for them. They they were al already officially Olympians because uh, they uh, they've been uh, named as such uh, before they fly to Tokyo and in uh, the end they didn't even been there when the opening ceremony will be at the uh, at the at Friday or so uh, and whose fault is that was this the fault of the uh, Polish Swimming Association specifically or um what exactly happened? Definitely, definitely Polish Swimming Association because um, what's worse, uh, it's not the first time they did such a thing. So uh, it's it's even worse because the, at the last Olympics they did something similar but on the lesser scale uh, because uh, they didn't uh, assign correctly one of the swimmers to swim. So, But it wasn't such a big thing uh, because he was supposed to swim at the three uh, distances because of the mistake he's he swam at the two so it's not it's not like he he had to come back home like it was this year so it wasn't such a big deal but uh, they did something like this many times before and it's the second time at the olympics and as i said they uh, took uh, a silence from fina as a confirmation that they can say can send their swimmers so uh, huge mistake and the mistake that honestly I would expect from them but I think that's a good part about it that maybe now with this huge mistake there's there will be some changes in Polish Swimming Association because they are needed and they are needed now. So Polish swim team definitely not uh, the greatest luck um, this Olympics. Uh, how about other uh, disciplines? Who should we follow? Where are the big hopes when it comes to Poland? Well, yeah, and on in Polish in Polish team there is uh, three disciplines that are the core uh, of the Olympic team, which is athletics, track and field, which is uh, canoeing, uh, classical canoeing, and there is rowing. So two disciplines when we are talking about water, and one the biggest one, uh, the athletics called. Uh, the queen of Olympic sport uh, here. So that's where we are looking for medals. Also, uh, our, our men's volleyball team, uh, because the Olympic medal is the only thing they are lacking in this generation and they, they, and they want it and need it bad. Uh, so I think those four uh, and, um, and the rest, I think, would be like... Uh, singular chances in other disciplines where maybe or maybe not there's like 50 50 chances there's uh, for sure uh, a lot of chances to have medals in other disciplines but i think that athletics is the main one uh, we have like two or three people that should should get uh, medals for sure and uh, some more that can get a medal and when i when i'm talking about that should get a medal it's, i'm talking about for example hammer thrower uh, pavel, pavel fidek which is a four-time world champion but he's lacking an olympic medal uh, still so i think it's it may be his last chance because 
the next Olympics are in three years. He's not the youngest one already. And there are some young hammer throwers that, that, that are already developing. So that may be his last chance. And I think he knows that. So uh, probably that is the, the main reason uh, he, he's there. And he, I think he's able to, but well, uh, Olympics are Olympics and everything can, everything can happen, honestly. And how about tennis? Well, yeah, tennis uh, today was a draw, I think. Uh, we, all, we already know who's playing who. And uh, of course, we have our young talents in Iga Świątek and in uh, Hubert Hurkacz. Uh, honestly, I think I saw the draw in... It's good, but uh, it can make... It can be difficult when Iga goes to quarterfinals because they're... they're uh, should be Naomi Osaka waiting for her because uh, that's so. Uh, that's what uh, schedule looks looks like. Um, we don't know after all of these things that uh, Naomi Osaka went through uh, uh, in, in recent time. How, how is the, how is uh, her shape? But you know, uh, she cares much about this uh, about this Olympics. She's from Japan. The Olympics are in Japan. Uh, she would she would draw from from Wimbledon, but she comp she's competing in in the Olympics. It shows much. Uh, it shows really really that she cares uh, because uh, choosing Olympics over Wimbledon in tennis is not uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, such often thing I would say. Uh, so that's for sure. And of course, we have mixed doubles when Iga will uh, compete with Wukash Kubot. And I think that's a chance too, because and there is only 16 uh, teams in, in this tournament. So two wins and you're already in the final four. So that could that, uh, that is a chance for us too. Uh, honestly, tennis is, is so unpredictable at the Olympics because of all the withdrawals, because of all the teams and doubles that are made at the last second, honestly, because those players uh, mostly don't play with each other every day. Uh, so uh, we could have like three or four chances, but we could have zero with the end. We don't know that yet. <laughs> so That makes sense. And uh, what other disciplines or what other topics have been raising the attention of uh, the local media from what you've seen so far? Well, uh, yeah, mostly the last week or so, it was mostly the swimming scandal. And of course, as it should be, because it was as big as it could go. Of course, as I said, uh, there is uh, a lot of talking about uh, men's volleyball team, because when it comes to Olympic sports, it's probably the most popular in Poland. Uh, and as I said, they need they need the Olympic medal bad because they are two-time world champions. But the last Olympics, like I think last four Olympics, and there is some kind of curse that uh, they are losing and everyone in quarterfinals, no matter what happens, no matter who, who are they facing. And, and this, is, uh, this is the one in Tokyo and that uh, everybody thinks that this is the place that they have to break this, break this curse and everybody are waiting for that. So I think that... Uh, it's a big word, but I think that uh, a lot of reception of Polish Olympics uh, will depend on how uh, volleyball, how a volleyball team will succeed. If they're if they're succeed, if they have a medal, a gold medal, maybe. Uh, so even if the rest of the team would be like 
normal or just solid, then the Olympics will be good. But uh, if they fail again, that can be made as a as a failure, even even though some other uh, athletes will achieve much more success. And uh, you said that the Poland's uh, strength at the Olympics is um, um, athletics. How about Hungary, Czechia, and Slovakia? What are the strongest disciplines from uh, the other sea countries? So uh, from those four, Hungary are for me are definitely uh, the best in developing their their sport and. Uh, when it comes to Hungary, everything or almost everything uh, depends on the water because uh, they are they they are great in the sport that includes the water, which is uh, swimming. They have a lot of stars, even international stars in swimming, like Katin Kahorsu, which is three-time Olympic champion from Rio de Janeiro, uh, or uh, David Milak, if 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 I if I remember correctly. Uh, so those are two stars in swimming but what's more they are also great in canoeing in classic canoeing which is bad for poland because they're competing with each other uh, but i think canoeing with uh, danuta kozak which is experienced canoeer but uh, she's still great and she will be a leader of hungarian olympic team they can have a lot of medals in in only canoeing and swimming and water polo too another water sport uh, so uh, there, there, as I said, the Polish core is in the athletics and maybe kayak, uh, canoeing and rowing, but the uh, Hungarian core is in the water. And it was like that for years, and I think it will be like that uh, for years to come. Uh, when it comes to Czech Republic and Slovakia, they are not as strong at the Olympics as the uh, other two countries. Uh, but I think when it comes to Czech Republic, there, there is a lot of hope uh, for Yiji Priskavets, which is uh, which is canoeer, but not a classic canoeer, but in, uh, he's competing in uh, slalom canoeing. Uh, he's like the Czech Republic's version of Fidek, of Pavel Fidek, because he's four-time world champion, but he doesn't have Olympic gold yet. So, and it's it's and to, and this Olympics is the best time for it. And when it comes to Slovakia, it's uh, it's interesting too because. Uh, as as in many other things, I don't know if they would be mad at what I'm what I'm going to say that they're similar to Czech Republic and some things, and uh, it's a sport is similar because their biggest chances on Olympic medals are also in canoeing in slalom and they can even compete with each other when it comes to priskavets. But uh, I think that the Czech Republic has this huge chance in priskavets to get a gold. When Slovakia has a few lesser chances in canoeing slaloming, uh, in canoeing slalom, uh, but those are the chances for like second or third place. So, um, honestly, uh, there is a lot more hard for them to get uh, to get such a success as especially Hungary, but Poland too. Uh, not not always they have a gold medal in the Olympics. Uh, it's hard for them. So. Uh, I think that, uh, like we are talking right now, that it comes to those countries. A lot of comes it's in the water. It's so in every one of them. Maybe except Poland because Poland has also athletics, but uh, every everyone else, especially Hungary, uh, is taking medals out of water. 
Uh, I would also um, add that uh, now we have a female skateboarder representing Poland um, at the Olympics. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting because uh, obviously skateboarding is uh, now making its debut at the, at the Olympic Games this year. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty big deal because skateboarding uh, for many is still not a sport, but a culture. Uh, so that was something that uh, many even skateboarders said that we don't know how it go how it's going to turn out if it's if it's the thing that we could put in the Olympics, um, but it is and it's going to the debut this year. So we'll see how it turns out. And as you said, yes, we have a Polish uh, a Polish skateboarder Amalia Brodka, uh, and it's honestly just looking at the. At the competitors in skateboarding, it looks great because we have uh, our Amelia Brodka, which is one of the more experienced ones in the uh, in the competition. But at the same time, we have girls like Sky Brown, which is 12 years old, and she's one of the favorites to get a medal. So it's such a uh, it's such a new thing in the Olympics because it's not it, it was not like that always because. Um, Sky Brown is, I think, like the second or the third youngest Olympian in history and definitely the youngest one in the British Olympic history. Uh, but it's the specific of uh, skateboarding because uh, she's she's the youngest, sure, but there is also a girl that has 13 years old. There is a girl that has 14 years old. So it's, it's, it's that kind of discipline that uh, can bring a lot of young people uh, to Olympics. And I think that's why skateboarding is in the Olympics in the first place because uh, International Olympic Committee is trying to uh, to draw young people for a long time already. And I think skateboarding is a good call when it comes to that. And we'll see how it, how it turns out if skateboarders are going to say, okay, it looks good or just or stay with their, uh, with their opinion. But it looks promising, I, I say that. It will be definitely an exciting uh, watch, if, if anything. So we'll, we, will, we are looking forward to that and uh, we keep our fingers crossed for Amelia Brodka. Yes, definitely.